And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and you're very welcome to another We Are Mead podcast brought to you with Davy Ruspin and Mickey Brennan. And Davy, I suppose, you know, no shy talk, we're getting straight into it. There's only one place to start, Arsenal nil, Man City 5. Ah no, 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 definitely not. Mead Miners are the All-Ireland champions. Um, Carlo Brick and his minor team pulled off a sensational win against Tyrone. One goal and 12 to one goal and 11. And what a display. It had everything in it, this game of football. Yeah, it was it was dramatic, I suppose, from start to finish, Mickey. It it was a thrill a minute, particularly in the closing stages. It was absolutely fever pitch from, from end to end. And from Tyrone, I suppose, boxing us into our own half the last 10 minutes and bombarding shots at the Mead goal. Most of them, thankfully, going askew to Mead, eventually claiming possession and going up the other end and kicking the winning score through Sean Leonard and then having to survive a last gasp free, which went wide. It was just... It was it was the way you'd love to win it, but it was the way you hate to lose it. And from a Tyrone perspective, an absolute disaster. But from a Mead one, the sweetest, and I mean the sweetest, the victories for the first minor championship in 29 years to return to the county. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, bridging that 29-year gap, 1992, the last time that Mead won uh, an All-Ireland minor championship. And, you know... Yeah, like I know you're saying that disaster for Tyrone and whatever in those final few minutes. I think they had four wides in a row. Um, now, I would have said shot selection was poor and, and, and stuff like that as well, and they probably should have worked it a bit more. But in fairness, I would say that the game should have been over um, even before that. I think me coughed up an awful lot of chances um, in, that, in that opening uh, quarter of the second half. First, the, the, the third quarter, uh, essentially. Um, and Mead could have been further ahead. Maybe they let Tyrone back into it a little bit, but showed great character um, to, to finish it off the way they did. And, and what a score by Sean Leonard the week for Yeah, incredible. I, I suppose you forget as well, Mead were four points down uh, midway yeah. through the first half and, and then drew it back level. The, the goal from Oshina Merku was absolutely brilliant and I don't think there's near enough talk about it because of the way in which the game ended but it was a sensational move and the finish with the outside of his right boot to the top corner of the net was absolutely class and um, yeah. it was a stunning stunning finish and again he produced another major performance I think he got 1-2 in the Leinster final against Dublin um, and he's got another 1-2 on, on Sunday against uh, or sorry on Saturday against Throne in the All-Ireland final and um, but, but yeah, like it, the game sort of ebbed and flowed in the first half and there was a lot of nerves and that, that was obviously to be expected because this was by far and away the biggest game 
um, by quite some distance that these fellas have ever played and may well ever play in their in their careers, to be honest with you. So, you know, those uncharacteristic wides, um, snapshots, poor shot selection, poor execution of passes and, and basic errors, I suppose, again, have to be sort of taken into account. Um, but but you're right, Mickey, to their credit, Mead, when it looked as if Tyrone were getting on top, fought back and, and got on top and... Uh, you know, timed the run brilliantly well and just gave themselves that platform. And let's be honest about it, you're right, Tyrone dominated the last 10 or 15 minutes, but they panicked, you know, and Mead never panicked. Even when Mead were under the cosh, they stuck to it and eventually they, they knew that they'd start to win possession. And when Mead were given the opportunity, and let's be honest about it, that score from Sean Leonard was, it wasn't what you'd call a, a guilt-edged chance by any matter of means. No. It was a tough, tough execution or tough shot to execute. Um, in the circumstances, he did it brilliantly well. It was a, and it was a stunning, stunning score into the hill sixteen. Yeah, it was it, it was it was absolutely brilliant. The lovely little jink back onto his right, and he had to use the instep because there was a player coming towards him to try and get a block on. Absolutely brilliant by the young man. Um, goal chance that Mead had as well. Davy Rispin um, saved by the Tyrone goalkeeper um, uh, Robinson, but you know. You'd expect Huey Corcoran to stick that in the net. And he also had the man running outside him. I think, I think it could have been Jack Kinlock who was, who was outside him on his left-hand side. But, you know, you, you can't, you, you couldn't take the, the, the chance away from him. Like he, Huey would no, nine times out of ten stick that in the back of the net. Yeah, and that, that was the game, to be honest with you, at its mercy. I think there was five or six minutes to go at that stage. And it was an excellently worked move from Mead. Um, Huey did a lot right. Okay, the ball wasn't oh, yeah. exactly in the corner, but you, as you say, Mickey, you have to give tremendous credit to the Tyrone keeper. It was a magnificent stop. Um, but yeah, I think it was Kinlock or maybe even Wilson just to his left-hand side, but we'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he didn't see him to the corner of his eye and like Huey's been delivering all year for us, you know, and I know he probably had a few wayward efforts, but he still chipped in with three points and yeah. one vintage outside of the uh, left boot effort as well. Uh, when it didn't look like he'd struck the ball all that cleanly, he, he just has an incredible knack of uh, pulling that sort of execution off. And it was a, it was a brilliant score. Um, but Mead had valuable contributions all over the pitch and probably at different times of the game as well. I mean, it was difficult. I know... Um, Liam Kelly got awarded the player of the match but to be fair the one probably player that stood out head and shoulders above everyone for me was Conor Ennis um, yeah. like his, his runs and his ability to break the lines and transition from defence to attack time and time again was absolutely brilliant now he did play a little bit further forward I know he, he has that cornerback jersey on him but he was predominantly on the wing uh, on Saturday to be honest with you but that, like his best form of defence is oftentimes attack and he has he he has the intelligence also to to offload the ball where it allows and that as well. He's at the heart of everything that's good and he's a tremendous prospect and just wears his heart on his sleeve. He's a typical Balnebracki player, really, in many <laughs> respects. <laughs> yeah, great great weekend for Balnebracki in fairness. Um, but uh, Davy, as well as that, you know, you, you could name every one of them. They're all heroes. They were absolutely brilliant on the day. Um, but you know, like Ennis. Kelly, O'Hare, Corbett, the whole lot of them, John O'Regan, Smith. What I found was is that they matched Tyrone for 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 um, uh, intensity, and and it was it, the referee let the game go as well quite a bit. It was a very very physical game. I mean, stood up to the challenge. 
Yeah, that was always going to be the big question going into this game because we know Tyrone, even at, at under 17, and I actually was down the end from which they were warming up before the game. And just I was literally two rows back from the pitch. And um, physically, these these were men, you know, they're only 17-year-olds, but they were massive, massive um players. And Mead matched their physicality all over the pitch. You're right, Mickey, and um, got stuck into them. It was hard hitting. The referee did let a lot go, which probably contributed to how entertaining and free-flowing it was throughout as well. Um, so he deserves great credit for that also. But um, you're right. And and Mead mixed it up because, I mean, towards the latter stages, we were really struggling to win our own kickout. And it took Christian Finley to come back from yeah. corner forward into midfield to pluck a ball out of the air, which set that uh, winning score, the move in motion, really. He won the ball, got the mark and, and progressed the move forward. And I think it's only when you watch that back, you'll actually appreciate how important that decision was from Christian Finley also to, to put himself in the firing line and to go for the ball and to try and win it and make things happen because Mead were really struggling for air and for, I was actually I, I won't lie to you Mickey I would have been happy for me to get extra time um, just the way in which that last few minutes had gone but thankfully we worked it up and as you say Sean Leonard on the instep was a, was an absolutely extraordinary score in the circumstances yeah, absolutely brilliant. And look, we want to say well done to Carlo Brick and this minor team. We will be doing a full review of the game with reaction from the Mead camp uh, on our Loyal Royals podcast this week. And again, just to let you know what's, what else is happening on our Loyal Royals podcast this week. We have the Junior Intermediate and Senior Championship Round 2 reviews as well from the weekend. We have... Uh, host of um, interviews and reaction from from games uh, over the weekend. We'll also be announcing our Blackwater in Kells Team of the Week, Top Scorer of the Week and Player of the Week on our Patreon service this week on the Loyal Royals. And we also have a full uh, preview of the Ladies All-Ireland Final between Maid and Dublin next weekend, next Sunday in Crow Park. An absolutely brilliant one there. Davey Ruspin was at the press night and caught up with uh, the manager, Eamon Murray, and five of the girls, four of the girls uh, from the team. It's an absolutely brilliant preview. Do not miss that one. Um, Davey, uh, on the county front as well, um, the Camogues came up a little bit short. Very unlucky in an All-Ireland semi-final um, against Kilkenny. 13 points to nine in favour of Kilkenny. Davey, the, the thing I don't like about this, the, the game was originally fixed for Banagher, I believe. And I think it was... And then all of a sudden it was switched to Nolan Park, home venue for Kilkenny. Something not right in that, if you ask me. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, I think the attraction of the county ground and everything in Nolan Park is is lovely. But as you mentioned, it's an All-Ireland semi-final at the end of the day. There's no way that should be played in a home ground. So that's probably a, a big um, error on, on the Camogie Association's behalf as well and a really tough proposition for Mead. But they gave themselves too much to do, Mickey. I think they were five or six points down at half time, managed to claw back, I think, reduced the deficit to three points at one stage. But I was at the league meeting of these two earlier in the season in Burr. And I think it's fair to say Mead nicked that game. Um, it was obviously the goal at the death through Moira Kirby, um, which won on that occasion. This is a decent Kilkenny side. I know it's their second string, but they're, they're a very capable side. They managed to nullify Moira in terms of scoring goals. Gaff and Jane Dolan as well. And that went a long way to probably getting the win. They grounded out 13 points to nine. Um, I, I think the depth in the Mead panel is something that, you know, we've sort of spoken about a good bit as well. Like when you look at it, there's no um, 
Leah Denny, who was a fixture last year, Cheyenne O'Brien, who is an outstanding servant, has dropped herself off the panel this year as well. Those are two massive losses. I, I, I do think that Mead, um, Mead need to sort of build the strength and depth in the squad. When you look at it on the face of it, generally speaking, two subs is probably the max you'll see from Mead on any given occasion. And when you get to this, like this stage of a competition, um, you fall short ultimately. And another thing that I've sort of noticed is there's a bit of a trend, right, between the league and intermediate championship whereby you have you have the top and the bottom teams, right? The top teams are, are the likes of your Antrims and, and Galways, we'll say, for example. The bottom teams are some of the teams that Meads did a bit of a job in. The likes of Dublin second team, um, uh, beat Kildare handsomely as well, Wexford. Mead aren't just quite in the top echelons, but they're far too good for the bottom. Um, so what I'm trying to get at is by not playing the better sides game in, game out, or week in, week out, you come unstuck when you meet them later on in the championship. And I think that's what's happened to this Mead team, unfortunately. The breeze through the first couple of games got a bit of a beating against Galway then and maybe just weren't as battle-hardened as they needed to be going into the Kilkenny game. Um, so look, at the, 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 again, similar to the way it ended last year, I think very close and very um, very admirable in their efforts, but just ultimately fell short. Yeah, um, from reading reports and whatever on it, like uh, Myra Kirby... Um, while, while, while a few players from Mead were playing well, they couldn't get good service into Moira Kirby. And in fact, Kilkenny had done their homework on her because there was two yellow card fouls on Moira Kirby. Um, she had six goals going into this game um, uh, through, throughout the championship. So Kilkenny knew we need to stop Kirby from getting goals. And, and it showed in how how rough they were, I suppose, in, in tackling her when the ball was played up to her in the forward line. Well, that's a compliment to her as well. And yeah. um, of course, she burst onto the scene with that goal against Kilkenny off the bench. That was the first we've seen of her, really. Um, and she's become a fixture in the team and she's been outstanding throughout the championship. Arguably, um, Mead's probably player of the championship, I would have said as well, um, which is testament to her. She's such a young player. She's a great, great future. Um, and look, at a lot of these do. I think it's vitally important that me keep what they have in terms of the, the cohort and, and panel at which they have, but they just need to add that bit more depth to it. Like I think that's as simple as it is. Um it just it just wasn't to be Brennan Skihan now, like the, he'll probably um reflect as well. He's he's two years done. So it'll be interesting to see does he go for a third year and does the management go for a third year as well? That's also something that needs to be um needs to be decided. But this isn't the time for it. I'm sure they'll They'll take a bit of stock, reflect on it, and all the girls will go into their club championships with their respective clubs now in the next few weeks. Yeah, they will indeed. And look, it's uh, at the end of the road for uh, the Meat Commodes this year. Again, losing out in an All-Ireland Intermediate semi-final. They've been absolutely brilliant all year, as you said, maybe working on lower numbers than they have been in recent years. But they are building a squad, and I'm sure they'll come back even stronger next year. Um, hard luck to them. But I, I suppose, Davey, what we'll do is... We will um, we will go on to the, the, the Mead Club Championship roundup from round two of the junior, intermediate and senior. And we will come back to the Ladies All-Ireland final. I think it's only right that we give them a little segment of their own um, where uh, we'll preview, just do a small preview of that All-Ireland final against, uh, against Dublin. But Davey, we'll go on to the Club Championship and we're going to go to the results. We will also be looking at our predictions um, that we had and we'll also be looking have a quick look at the tables just to say what's happening throughout each of them um, but Davey are we going to start with the junior championship 
Yeah. So first up in uh, in the Junior A Championship in Group A, there was only one game played on um, Sunday afternoon, and that was between St Vincent's and Kilbride, and it finished St Vincent's two twelve, which is eighteen points. Kilbride three five, which is fourteen points. So um, a four point win there for St Vincent's. Yeah, um, good win for St Vincent's. Um, we'll be looking at the tables now in a moment, but Cortern and Castleton game was postponed. Uh, Davey, have you got a fixture for that yet? No, I, I don't, Mickey, because uh, Castleton have a couple of fellas involved in, in the Wolf Tones hurling who'll be out next week. So my hot feeling on it would be that the game mightn't be till Tuesday week, but that's okay. to be decided. We'll go on to Group B just to let you know as well, Davey. We both predicted a St. Vincent's win there, so we're one from one, both of us, straight away. Um, so, yeah, into Group B of the Junior Championship. And uh, first up was between Karen Ross and Kilmaine and Wood. This game took place on Sunday afternoon in Carlinstown, and it was a win for Karen Ross on the back of their defeat earlier in the week against Boardsville in the postponed or refix, shall we say, first-round game. Karen Ross got the better at Kilmaine and Wood on a scoreline of Karen Ross 3-11, Kilmaine and Wood 1-13. So a four-point win there for Karen Ross and a much-needed result at that. And the other one um, capped off a great week for Boardsville. They doubled up uh, during the week by beating St. Bridget's on a scoreline of 1-17 to 3-8. That was on Sunday evening in Atboy. So Boardsville, two from two. Yeah, absolutely, Davy. Um, you had a boards mill. Uh, sorry, you had picked a boards mill win there. I went for St. Bridget's, so that means you're one up there. So you're, uh, and we both went for Karen Ross. So you have three out of three. I have two out of three so far. Moving on to Group C, then, Davy. Yeah, Group C, Mickey. Um, first up on Saturday evening or Saturday afternoon was between Dunsany and Slane and it was a comprehensive win for Dunsany 117 to 17 and then second up on Saturday evening in Park Column Kill in Kells it was a comprehensive win in the end for St Alton's 415 to Minalty's 19 so Alton's off the mark yeah absolutely and we both have gone for a Minalty win in that one so we're both wrong um, and then with Slane and Dunsany we both picked Dunsany uh, for that one so we both end up with a point each there that means that you ended up with four out of five in the junior and I ended up with three out of five in the junior and again we will be going into depth on our uh, Loyal Royals podcast in the preview or the review of the junior championship we do have reaction from the Boards Mills and Bridget's game and from Karen Ross versus Kilmaine and Wood. So do uh, pop over and have a listen to those reviews from the Junior Championship. David, we'll move on now to the Mead Farm Group Intermediate Football Championship. Yeah, first up in Group A, Mickey, um, of the Intermediate Football Championship, there was a big win for Nobber on Saturday evening in Castletown. They defeated Bechtov on a scoreline of 2-12 to 1-8. And then on Sunday afternoon in Kilbride, Blackhall Gales made it two wins from two and in the process qualified for the knockout stages of the Intermediate Championship with a three-point win over St. Pat's, 12 points to nine. Yeah, uh, we both went for a Bechtive win over Nobber. Um, we got that one well wrong. I think even last week when I said that, I said uh, we both went for Bechtive, so Nobber will win this one. Um, <laughs> I forgot that game was in Castleton and Nobber loved playing in Castleton. They beat Simonson. Good memories of the, uh, yeah. of, of, of Castleton. So, um, it, yeah. that was that was actually meant to be in court, Mickey, but it, it was obviously moved out. So, 
He's moved out. Um, Blackhall Gales, you went for Blackhall Gales. I went for St. Pat's. So you're one up in the intermediate as well. We look at all the tables after we go through um, uh, all three championships. So into Group A, Mickey, and uh, first up on Sunday afternoon. Or sorry, Group B. What did I say? Eh? Group A, yeah. Go on to Apologies. Into Group B and uh, Trim uh, carried on their winning ways with a 216 to 111 victory over Longwood. And the second game up was a very narrow victory for Clannagale. They needed a 68-minute penalty to mm-hmm. defeat uh, Moila on a scoreline of 1-7 to 1-6. There was um, only one point scored in the first 15 minutes of the game. So uh, it was 1-0 to Clannagale at the water break, basically. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I saw this on Twitter. I was following this on Twitter and... I was um I was quite surprised actually at that because I'd seen Clan Miguel the week beforehand. But um I, like from 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 speaking to the guys in Clan Miguel, they knew Myla would bring it to them. They brought them to a replay in the junior final only a couple of years ago. Um and uh, yeah, they knew that that was going to be a tough one. There was one other game in Group B that we uh that we covered on our our Patreon podcast, which was Clan Miguel and Longwood. Um, it was a refix game as well, and uh, Clan Miguel did win that game. Um, against Longwood so I just wanted to bring that in because it's a prediction for me so I've got three of the predictions right in Group B Did you, you, did were, you go back to the one in the junior from Tuesday night no? Uh, yeah we Ken have we, as well. we have that one in as well yeah, we, 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 we covered that I think I, yeah, Ken Ross and uh, Bordswell, I don't yeah. think we did there we, ago. we'll come back to it don't worry we'll alright oh no maybe there's juking, there's juking going on already Mickey you're trying to make it look respectable <laughs> shocking um, shocking Davey, moving on to Group C. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, group C, uh, Old Castle, comprehensive victors over Sidon, 314 to 1-9. And the other game in Group C on Saturday evening was a win for Waterstown, 216 to 113. 216 to 113. And uh, yeah, you had gone for a Waterstown win. You get a point there. And both of us went for the, the Old Castle win over Sidon. I had gone for a Meath Hill win. And they, they let me down. So, um, yep, disappointing one there for me. There wasn't an extra game in Group C, Mick, no? Uh, was there another game in Group C? No, no. That's no, 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 that was it. Uh, yeah, was into no. Group D uh, then, and the penultimate group in the Intermediate Championship, Dulik Bellews then continued their winning ways with a 214 to 13 points victory over Beliver. On Sunday afternoon, and the other game was a pulsating draw on Sunday evening in Park Talton between Drumbara Emmets and Kilmainham. It finished stalemate. Drumbara three ten, Kilmainham two thirteen. Yeah, when we were previewing this one, I says, "David, this the, the, the one to go for here is a draw. Like it, it's Kilmainham and Drumbara, it's going to be tight, and um, you need to go for a draw." And then I picked Drumbara Emmets as you had because we had seen Kilmainham against the League Values Town the week beforehand, and they were. A bit light um, uh, on numbers and stuff, and I was like, going, you know, to they, they, they took a few big hits as well in that game against the League Bays, and a good few players got injured and stuff, and I didn't see them um, uh, putting it up to Drumbara the way they did. Fantastic game again. We have action, or we have um, reaction from from both camps after that game in Park Culture. Uh, Davey, just you were saying about that Boards Mill Karen Ross game. We both had picked Boards Mill in that, so. Yes, Boards Mill got the better of Karen Ross there during the week. Give we us both, both another point. We both get another. I, I'll tell you what, I'll take both of the parachutes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Delete Bellius Town, 
And Beliver, you went for a draw on that one, Davy Rispin. I went for Delete Belly Simran, so I got the point for that one. Moving on then to Group E. Yeah, final group in the Intermediate Championship and Rakenny um, qualified for the knockout stages with a three-point victory over Ballon Lock. It finished 113 to 110 in that one. And uh, a huge win for Dunry. They are right back in the Intermediate Championship with a comprehensive 116 to eight points victory over St. Michael's. Yeah, huge win. You went for Dunry. I uh, went for St. Michael's. It just with the scorn prolificity of, of, of um, Dundry the week beforehand I couldn't see them um, uh, putting up the score they did They're absolutely fabulous um, great result for them against St Michael's we both went for a Kenny win so what that means is that you ended up with 7 out of 11 in the intermediate and I ended up with 6 out of 11 so you're still edging me one um, you're one up on me in the intermediate and one up on me on the uh, junior as well so we're going to move on now to the senior results David Rispin and then we'll go back and do the tables yeah, senior, uh, first up in Group A, the senior champions, reigning and defending champions, were told, um, continued their winning ways, and they also qualified um, for the knockout stages with uh, a 2-12 to 14-point victory over Dunham Rashburn on Sunday afternoon in Park Talton. And there was a massive victory for Dunshockland, um, 4-11 to Navin O'Mahony's 2-8. Yeah, we both got them right as well. Navin O'Mahony's did uh, threaten a comeback, and then Dunshockland banged in uh, two quick-fire goals, and that was over as a contest. Um, I think Navin O'Matley said a couple of men sent off in that game as well. Moving on to Group B. Yeah, into Group B, and uh, Nafina made it two from two, and in the process also qualified for the knockout stages with a 2-11 to 11 points victory over St. Colm Kills. And Balnabraki got their first uh, win in senior football after overcoming a three-point halftime deficit to come back to beat Curaha on a scoreline of 113 to 2-4, so 16 points to 10. Yeah, and there were two goals and a point to a point down after about seven or eight minutes as well in that game and came back and won it well. Uh, we both went for a battle of Bracky win. You went for an Afina win, I went for St. Colin Kills wins. You get a point for Nafina and I get zero for Colin Kills. And then we both get a point for Ballon Bracky, baby. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046-955-1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. So moving on to Group C. Into Group C and uh, first up was Gail Conkill and Manalvi on Sunday afternoon in Trim. It was a landslide victory in the end for Gail Conkill. 315 to 2-7. And the other game in the group saw local rivals Wolf Tones and Simonstown Gales clash in Navan. And it was the Tones who sent Simonstown packing on a scoreline of 214 to 10 points. Yeah, we'll move on. Um uh, <laughs> I got a, I got a point for Gail Cullen Kill winning. You went for Minalby and bloody bloody blah, blah, Wolf Tones won. Um so we both got a zero for that one. Um yeah, I don't I yeah, I, it's it's still hurting, so it is. Move on to uh Great performance by Wolf Tones and Fairness. Moving on to Group D. 
Yeah, Group D, and it was the contenders, or one of the contenders on Friday night, who laid down a bit of a marker. They hammered uh, Centralstown. St. Peter's done by in 4.20, Centralstown 2.6. And Summerhill um, also qualified, I, I think I'm safe in saying, uh, when they beat Screen on Saturday evening uh, on a scoreline of 1.18 to 1.12. Yeah, I went for a draw between Summerhill and Screen. You went for Summerhill when we both went for Dunboyne, both got the there. So you ended up with six out of eight results and I ended up with five out of eight. So you're three ahead of me at the end. So you ended up with six plus seven is 13 plus four, 17 out of uh, 24. Yeah, so you didn't do too badly. So 13 and four, 17 out of 24, seven results wrong, Davey Westman. And I ended up with well, 14 out of the 24. I ended up with 10 wrong. But, Davy, what we'll do now is we're going to go and have a look at the table. So we're going to go to the junior championship and we're going to look at Group A. What that means in Group A is that St. Vincent's are through on a uh, on four points. Castletown and Courton yet to play that second round game, um, the postponed game. Um, but a win for Castletown ultimately will see them through to the quarterfinals as well. And then it will be a shootout between Kilbride and Corton. Score difference is pretty much the same at the moment, Davy Rispin, um, between Corton and Kilbride. But I suppose you have the use of the fact that you have Castletown to play next. Yeah, I don't think it'll matter realistically what happens uh, in terms of score difference because it shouldn't really come into it. Um, yeah. But yeah, we, we have Castledown to play before we play Kilbride, but the likelihood is, regardless of what happens against Castledown, it will come down to that final game against Kilbride to decide who goes through in third position. Yeah, and you wouldn't want to be drawn with them um, because that would ultimately uh, send you packing out of it as well. Um, on, in Group B, looking at it, Boards Mill on four points, St. Bridget's on two, Carner Ross on two, Kilmain and Wood on zero. Um, the next fixtures see... St. Bridget's taking on... St. Bridget's take on Carnaroth, straight shootout, yeah. Straight shootout. So Boards Mill are through to the quarterfinals and uh, a remarkable year uh, for Boards Mill, it has to be said. Two from two as well, absolutely flying, Davy Rissman. And um, it's a shootout between St. Bridget's and Carnaroth. A draw would suit St. Bridget's as well. So they have that extra uh, result that can go their way. Yeah, so the top two in this group go through to a quarterfinal and third place goes into preliminary quarterfinal. So, like, Kilmain and Wood aren't actually gone. Um, yeah. Because if, if they were to beat, um, if they were to beat Boards Mill and possibly either Carnaross or Bridget's beat each other. Um, oh, sorry, they, they are because it goes... No, they are. Then. Yeah, so, yeah so, so, so Bridget's and Carnaross have both beaten Kilmain and Wood. So, so Carnaross and Bridget is effectively a game to decide who goes straight through to the quarterfinal and who... And possibly goes into the preliminary quarterfinal, basically. But yeah, that group is sewn up. Boards Mill have been brilliant. What a week for them. Two wins from two in the space of five days. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. And then when you look down to uh, the Group C of the Ballerie Spar Restaurant and Guest Accommodation Junior Championship, you will see that Dunsany are on maximum points four uh, from a possible four. They're true to the quarterfinals. Dalton's massive win over Minaldi. Absolutely incredible. And um, what was it, four goals and 15 points to one goal and nine? Did not see that coming. Absolutely incredible. That sees 
doesn't see them true to anything yet because it's all wide open, Davy Rispin. It's all going to come down to the final day. Don't say they know they're true to a quarter final. Yeah, don't say they know they're true. And realistically, it's an uphill task for Minolte because they have to play Dunsany. I know Dunsany are true, but I, I still would struggle to f- see them getting a result against Dunsany. So it's going to be uphill for them. Ulton's play a slain. Probably similar to the to the group before, it would effectively look as if the winner would go straight through to the quarterfinal with the loser going into the preliminary quarterfinal. Keen McBride was back in midfield for St. Dalton's as well and um, made a big difference on the night. Minolte, just, you know, a typical enough Minolte performance. You never know what you're going to get from them from game to game. I speculated last week as to why Paul Lynch was playing wing-back. I, I still don't know the answer to that. You have one of the best forwards in the junior championship playing wing-back. To me, it's beggar's belief, to be honest with you. But anyway, um, that that's just the case. Benalti are up against it and Slane and Ultons will probably do battle for a place in the quarter-final. Yeah, and then moving on, Davey Urspin now to the Mead Farm Group Intermediate Football Championship. And we're going to go to Group A. Blackhall Gales, two wins from two, through to the quarter-final. Happy days. It's all up for grabs uh, between the next three teams. Nobber on two points, Simpats on one point, and Bechtiv on one point. And Nobber with that huge win over Bechtiv um, on the weekend. And, and Blackhall Gales, of course, getting the better of Simpats in a KG affair, 12 points to nine. Um, but Blackhall Gales won't mind how they won. They're through to the quarterfinals. Yeah, two, two tight, uneventful undramatic games for Blackwell Gales but as you say I don't think they'll they'll absolutely care um, one bit about it they're true they're going to go through in, in top position to the best of my knowledge as well because even if Nobber get to four Blackwell Gales have the head to head over them so they're, they're home and hosed in that respect and Bechtov I was at this game Bechtov were so poor really disappointed with them because I thought in the back of getting the draw against Pats the first day they would kick on um, but now that group is blown wide open effectively it looks as if Nobber and some Pats is going to be a game to decide who goes through to the quarterfinal um, Bechtov have to try and beat Blackhall Gales um, and and hope um, well no sorry if Bechtov if Bechtov do beat Blackhall Gales they're, they're fairly assured of their position I think um in in the uh, in the intermediate championship next year, they'll finish yeah. third third in the yeah. group, which will mean safety. It's only the bottom in the group in the intermediate that goes into the relegation playoffs. So it, this group is wide open as a virtue of that that draw in the first round between Pats and Bechtov. So all to play for. I'd struggle to see Bechtov getting out against Blackhall Gills, even though they're true. Nobber and Pats is going to be a great one. You know, pure shootout to decide who goes through. Interestingly, if uh, Bechtov were to beat Blackhall Gales and St. Pats were to beat Nobber. Nobber would end up in the relegation. Isn't that mad? Um, yeah. Because they both leave yeah. them. So just to, again, there's yeah. so much happening in that, that group. Um, it's absolutely brilliant. Moving on to Group B, Trim and Clonagale, true to the quarterfinals, end of story. Four points from four for both of them. They'll play each other in the final game to determine who goes through in first spot. Longwood and Moila just didn't happen for them this year. Well, I, I know you said end of story, but that doesn't tell the full story. Because yeah. if, you, if you looked at that table on the face of it, right, you just said Trim and Clannagale are absolutely coasting through. Okay, Trim are coasting through. But Clannagale, that couldn't be further from the truth, okay? They, they absolutely romped it on Tuesday night, as you've seen uh, firsthand. But on uh, on Sunday afternoon, and I, I was actually over at a game in Appoye on Sunday evening, and I had a good chat with Philly Gary, uh, who was playing in this game. And he just says they were absolutely blessed because Moila um, were two points up, eight minutes into injury time, and Clannagale get a penalty, stick it into the back of the net with the last kick of the game, win the game, go through, 
don't need Atten against Trim in the final game. Like you, you think about had Myla hung on there, right? Um, Planigale would have needed a win not only to avoid relegation trouble, but to also get themselves through. Now they're hundred percent true, and that Myla and Longwood game is to decide who finishes bottom. And I tell you what, Mickey, Myla will fancy the job. They'll be gutted. They'll be absolutely devastated having relinquished that lead. But they'll take so much heart from that going into a game against Longwood, who are really at a low ebb at the minute. That's really, really tasty game in the final group. Yeah, it really is. And and it was a hell of a penalty as well from, from Miguel to win that um that game with the last kick of the game. Um yeah, they coasted through their first game against Longwood, but uh, Myla stuck it to them. Davy, we're gonna go on now to group C of the intermediate championship. Again, <clears throat> foregone conclusion, Oldcastle true, Waterstone true, four points from possible four for both of them. Mead Hill and Sidden, zero points in the bottom of the group, and it will be a straight shootout between Mead Hill and Sidden to see who goes into the relegation. It's, um, it's you know, it's heartbreaking for Mead Hill who, who came so close against Oldcastle the first day and now they find themselves in, in a relegation battle. That, and that's championship football, isn't it, Mickey? You know, it just shows the margins and the, how fine they are really when it comes down to it. Had they hung on, they'd known that a win against Sydney would get them through. As it is, it's the Davy Cattle Derby. Davy won a junior championship with Mead Hill three years ago. He's managing Sydney now. He's got Nigel Maguire, a selector with him in Sydney from Mead Hill. You just could not write this, right? And the, the winner will obviously avoid relegation trouble and the loser will be plunged into deep danger. It's a classic North Mead Derby, again, similar to the other group. Should be a fascinating encounter. The other one, whilst there's nothing, so to speak, to play for, you want to top the group and get an easier quarterfinal, to be honest. So, there will be a lot at stake there. Two really good sides, two sides on the up. And that will be a really entertaining last group game as well for what it's worth. Yeah, it really will. And, uh, you know, all form will go out the window for that game between Mead Hill and Sydney as well. It's a North Mead derby and we saw one of them on the weekend um, from uh, from the following group, Group D. It was Trumbauer and Glenana, but we're going to go to, to Group D anyway. Group D sees Dulik Bellison on four points from a possible four. They're true. Beliver on two points. Trumbar on one. And Kilmainham on one. This is wide open going into the last round of games as well, Davy Rispin. Absolutely yeah. incredible. This is brilliant because um, you have the two Normies rivals who you already alluded to in Trumbar and Kilmainham uh, only separated between score and difference as a result of that draw. You have high-flying Dulik Bellistown who are already true. They play Drumbara. You have Beliver, who aren't true, but need a win to get through against Kilmainham, who themselves need a win to try and avoid the relegation playoffs. And, um, and go through, and to try and get a quarterfinal spot. To, to, to go through at their, at Beliver's expense, exactly. Yeah. Like, so this is fascinating. It's, it's a proper group. I said this to you on the phone on the way home. I know you're at the game, but you have to hand it to Kilmainham. We were there um, last, last Thursday week and... Uh, they were comprehensive. Yeah, they were comprehensively played off the park. They look like I don't mind saying it. They look like a junior club that night, and amazing what Drumbarra getting Drumbarra or playing Drumbarra does to a team, particularly Kilmainham. They do it every year. They have the ability to lift their game and to just get something out of it. Drumbarra will be sick. It's still in their hands, but they play a high flying Dalek Bellustown side. So um, there's a lot to be sorted in that group, Mick. Yeah, this was a fascinating game as well. And, and we do have reaction from Drumbarra and Kilmainham. Absolutely brilliant. Irene, uh, we, have, we have Barry Monaghan and we have uh, Rusty Tiernan. Um, it was just, uh, yeah, it was just a 
smashing game of football and, and that group is still wide open for three teams Bleak Bellison obviously qualified and uh, moving on then to Group B of the Intermediate Championship David Risman McKenny are through with two wins from two Dundry and St Michael's both have two points and Ballinlock have zero points but Dundry, St Michael's and Ballinlock have loads to play for they do yeah um, Ballinlock lost Harry Ryan who's um, I suppose he's a young player but he's a real leader for them already to, to a serious looking injury at the weekend so I I I don't think it's looking great for them. Dunry now, all of a sudden, it's in their hands. They play Ballinlock last. You know, they seem to have got players back. They've got a win now. I'd fully expect them to go and do a job on Ballinlock and seal their passage to the knockout stages. So Michael's played Dunry, or St. Michael's play Rakenny, sorry. Um, there is a possibility that three teams could end up on four points in this group. And if that was the case, it would obviously go to score difference. Um, unfortunately for St. Michael's at this moment in time, they're minus 10 versus Rakeni plus eight and Dundry plus six. So even a win for Michaels in that final game against Rakeni, which I'd suggest is probably unlikely on the face of it, may not be enough. Ballinlock look doomed at the bottom of the group. Yeah, so Michaels would have to win by at least, mm, I think, ten point, nine points. Um, that would bring them to minus one. It would bring Rakeni to minus one as well. But then they'd have the head-to-head over Rakeni. Um, yeah, really interesting. Still a lot to be played for. I said Rakeni were through. They're not actually guaranteed to be through mathematically. But um, yeah, uh, two wins from two for Rakeni. You'd suggest that they would be uh, going through to the uh, knockout stages. Dave, we're going to move on now to the Ferio Steel Senior Football Championship Group A. And uh, Ratot, the reigning senior championship champions, um, four points from a possible four, through to the next round. And they will face off against Navano Matneys in their last game, who incidentally are on two points, as are Dunchocklin after Dunchocklin beat Navano Matneys today. But Dunham or Ashburn languishing down the bottom of that table on zero points and, and, and in a bit of trouble, Davey Rissman. Yeah, they are. And, and there is another distinct possibility that three teams could finish up on two points in this group yeah. um, for all the wrong reasons. Now, some would be for the right reasons because one would go through and it, unthinkably with two points. Um, we we fully probably expect Retote to beat Navan O'Matney, so take that on its merits. Then it will come down to Dunshocklin and Dunham or Ashburn. If Dunham or Ashburn were to beat Dunshocklin, you'd have the case where three teams would end up on two points, uh, one to go through and the other two to finish third and fourth, which would be in the relegation places. But ultimately, it's in Dunshocklin's hands. They played Dunham or Ashburn. They know that a win against Dunham or Ashburn will be enough to get them through. And uh, that that would be a brilliant turnaround on the back of their first round defeat to Retote. Yeah, and, and, and I suppose looking at it, Navano Matney's job is not like, like, it looks like they're going to stay on two points. And if that happens, Davey Risman, they will be in the relegation playoffs, be it in second from bottom or in the bottom uh, position, which is absolutely crazy. Bad day for the parish, and we'll get to that now in a couple of minutes. Um, but Davey Risman, uh, moving on then to. Group B of the Ferris Senior Championship. Nafina sitting pretty at the top of that group with four points from a possible four. St. Colin Kills and Balnebracchi share in second place with two points each after their, uh, um, after getting one win from two. Curahad down the bottom of that table on zero points. Final round games, Balnebracchi against Nafina, St. Colin Kills against Curahad. Distinct possibility of having three teams on four points here as well, David. Yeah, so Rakeni, or sorry, <laughs> Nafina aren't true, but they're as good yeah. as true when you look at the score difference. They're plus 18 versus Balnebracchi a minus seven. 
So realistically, if, if it does come to that, that three teams are on four points, you'd imagine, Baron, something catastrophic for Nafina in that final game, um, they, they would go through. But they do, of course, play Balnabraki, uh, who themselves, you know, have given themselves a chance. The fear for Balnabraki is, again, their score difference, because even if Kuraha were, or sorry, even if Colin Kills were to win, it, it looks as if four points may not be enough for Balnabraki based on their score difference, which would be incredibly harsh. Like, imagine going into the relegation, having won two or three games, got yeah. four points out of a possible six in your maiden year in senior football. But but that's the reality of this year's championship, unfortunately. They've given themselves a chance. Kurahara and Big Big Brother, you know, let's let's call a spade a spade. They haven't won a game all year. They're in the the favourable group, shall we say? You know, if you want to talk about it like that, they were three points up at half time. They were five or six points up at one stage at the water break, I think. Um, didn't see the job out. Full credit to Balnebracki. Danny Quinn got his appeal as well on Thursday. So all those prayers and candles that were lit in the Balnebracki area, they did come to something and he did get his appeal overturned and he turned in a really good performance at that. Um, look at Nafina will be true. I would suggest St. Colum Kills should probably go through as well by beating Curaha, but you just never know. Yeah, if Balnebracki were to beat Nafina by 13 points, that would put them through to the uh, quarterfinals. Just working it out there. There's a 25-point difference between them, um, 18 and minus 7. So they'd have to win by 13 points to guarantee their spot in the quarterfinal. But uh, stranger things have happened, Davey Rusman. Moving on then to Group C of the Ferrier Steel Senior Championship. Gilcon Kill on three points. Wolf Tones on three points. And Minalvi on two points. Um... Yeah, Simon's turn on zero points, Stephen Wisman. And are, as a result of the way the results went today, are guaranteed to finish bottom of the table, no matter what happens against Gail Cullen Kilkells. Um, because if they win, they'll be on two points, level with Minalvi, but Minalvi have the head to head. They can't get to three points at Wolf Tones and, and Gail Cullen Kills. Um, but still, all to play for, for Wolf Tones, uh, Gail Cullen Kill, and Minalvi in the final round of the games. Yeah, um, am I am I right in saying Gail Colum Killer is good as true though? Uh, Gail Colum Kill are playing Simonstown, so if Simonstown were to beat them, mm. um, and Minalvi were to beat Wolf Tones, yeah, it'd still um, be true on score difference. With it would depend on score difference then with Wolf what, Tones, but they'd be ahead of them if Minalvi beat. Well, yeah, depending on. Sorry, you're right. Depending on yeah. how bad Simonstown were to beat Gail Colum Kill. It, look, it's all down to Simonstown. I don't, I don't mean to be any way disrespectful, but you know yourself, they know they can't get off the bottom of the group. Now, right, they have to try and keep... Like, they have to go into these relegation playoffs. I know that's so unthinkable for a club like Simonstown, but they'll respect that fixture for what it's worth because it has further implications for others in the group. So I fully expect that. Manalvi know that they need a result against Wolf Tones. You know, it's a one-off game at the end of the day, Mickey. Like, okay, they'll try and put a line through the performance against Gail Conkill. It wasn't good enough. It wasn't what they've sort of set themselves in recent times. But they're still in it. And I think going into the last game of the group, if you offered them that at the start of the year, they'd have snapped your hand off for it. So I, I'd yeah. say that's the way they'll try and approach it. Um, Gail Conkill are in a good position now all of a sudden, you know, and Wolf Tones are as well, like, to be honest with you. Um, they've both given themselves a really good platform, three points apiece. But there is, there is still a bit of work to be done. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, it's still uh, conceivable, or it's mathematically possible that Gail Cullen kill Wolf Tones or Minalvi could all end up in the relegation with Simonster. Um, so you know, nothing decided in that group just yet. But you would, 
you would imagine that Gail Colin Kill would be true, and it'll be between Wolf Tones and Minalfi for that second spot. Moving on then to the final group, uh, which is Group D, Davy Russell. And Summerhill on four points, uh, Dumboyne on three points. Basically, they're, they're true. Um, both of those. Two. Well, no, actually, they're not. I make a mistake. St. Peter's Dumboyne, if they were to lose their last game and Scream were to win their last game, it would come down to score difference uh, between the two of them. But there will be a top of the table clash between Dumboyne and Summerhill in the final group game, Davy Rispin, um, which is rather interesting. Yeah, that whets the appetite most definitely. And then, of course, you, you factor in who and what you'd be playing if and when you finish second in the group versus first in the group. And like by finishing second in the group, you 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 run the risk of running into somebody like a Retote or possibly a Gail Column Kill or whoever in the quarterfinals. And that would be huge. So that's a really good game to see where both of those teams are at. You, you sort of said it, Mickey. I think the mine are, are pretty much true. It would take a freakish... Um, couple of results for them to to probably drop out as a, as a result of score difference. Um, screen and Sanchestown is effectively a game to decide who finishes third and fo- fourth in the group. Um, screen just ran out of juice against Summerhill and unfortunately again six point defeat puts them on minus six now in score difference. St Peter's Dunboyne by virtue of their landslide victory over Sanchestown have given themselves a bit of a cushion there. So you know I I think Summerhill and St Peter's Dunboyne without being true, they're all but true. Yeah, um, you would imagine that already. But if if Summerhill were to beat Dunboyne and to beat them by, we'll say, seven or eight points, that would bring their score difference down to um, 13, 19. So Screen would have to win by nine or 10 points against Centralstown. So again, mathematically, a lot of things can happen in there. Still the chance that we'd say, like Kells, Dunboyne, uh, could be joining Simonson relegation battles, which is just absolutely incredible. But look, that is the groups stages, uh, or sorry, the 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 groups and uh, the tables looked at anyway. And there are some spots definitely decided, be they qualified for quarterfinals or be they going straight into relegation. But there are still plenty of places up for grabs in both quarterfinals of all of the championships and the relegations of all the championships. But uh, yeah, really, really interesting. So it's, um, and it's all going to be down to round three. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, automower from your phone. Automore also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automore dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard, County Mead. So, Davey, we're going to move on now to uh, the ladies' football. And of course, I don't know if anybody knows this, but. Uh, we're, we're in another All-Ireland final, Davy Rispin, um, and it is our ladies. Um, it's been an absolutely amazing year. The, again, I just want to give the kudos to the to the Mead Ladies minor team who won the Leinster Minor A Championship as well last Wednesday night. Absolutely brilliant. They beat Longford, I believe, in that final, Davy Rispin, or was it Kildare? I think it was Longford. Longford, and, yeah. And, you know... It's very disappointing that they don't get to go on and play an All-Ireland series, the semi-final and final of the All-Ireland. It's disappointing. Um, but, uh, you know, it just shows you where Mead football is at at the moment. 
underage going well for both ladies and the men's. And you know, the ladies would the, the minor ladies didn't get a chance to emulate their their um their brothers, let's just say, in going on to win an All Ireland final. But the, the future is boding well for for the ladies and for the men at the moment. Oh, very much so. Yeah, absolutely brilliant, and it just shows the bit of success from the top down sort of filters its way through gradually. And 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 you know, I heard a great quote from um, from Evan Dixon actually from Boards Mill over uh, over the weekend in the club. He said, you know, winning winning is a habit, just like losing is a habit. And when you start winning, it sort of spreads and manifests. And that's exactly what it's done with the miners. Um, absolutely brilliant. They sort of sail through. It got a little bit close for comfort against Longford in the final. I think they came out four-point victors in the end and they were full value for it and another great achievement uh, for the Mead ladies. Yeah, it really was. And, and, and spurs us on for this Sunday when Mead will take on Dublin in the All-Ireland Senior Championship final. TG Catter. I just, I can't believe we're saying this, Davey. I know we've, 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 um, we've spoken about this year and how great this team is. Um, but this is a one-off game and there's no reason why this group of girls can't just go out and express themselves against a, a very fancy Dublin team. I think they'll tend to one on, um, which is remarkable. Um, and yeah, there's like me there, what, we are seven to one to win this All-Ireland in a one-off game. Who's the informed team at the moment, Davey? They're both in form, most yeah. I, like you're right, neither riding on the crest of a wave. Um, Tullam or to Tyrone, um, were written off. Kerry, I think, were one to six, one to seven at the weekend. Okay, it finished a draw after normal time, but that's proof in the pudding that when you get to that stage of a championship, um, you know, all form and all odds and all sort of stats and everything that they use or history that completely goes out the window. And it's a, it's a big final on a big day, and I actually think. That being such red hot favourites going into a final isn't isn't a nice place to be because you're expected to not just come out and win the game, but you're expected to wipe the floor with the opposition, and it just gives Eamon Murray's side a little bit more um, room to relax and to sort of just focus on performing because nobody expects that enough. But let's be honest about it, as Mead fans, we don't expect Mead to go out and win. We just want them to go out and perform like they have been performing, enjoy the day, give us all a good day out. And, and if we win, happy days. And if we don't, they've still been absolutely outstanding ambassadors for the county this year. But you're right, they're not just going up to, to enjoy the day or anything like that. And I know we'll hear from it in the previews in, in the preview show on the Loyal Royals, but they all speak of that. You know, they're, they're, they're going up there to win this All-Ireland and they're going up there to make it four, four tournaments or four cups in a, in a row. And uh, who's to bet against them? Not, certainly yeah. not us anyway. No, that's for sure. Absolutely not. And uh, these girls are surprising us and getting better with every game. Dublin in their eighth All-Ireland final in a row, though, David Gisman. But as you said, Mead are going, this is their fourth competition in a row that they've made the final of. So Mead are well used to finals as well. Mead are well used to finals and they're well used to winning finals as well, which is a great um, trait and characteristic to have. And Okay, this is going to be the biggest test by far, but I think it's it's been a natural sort of progression up to it. Like because if you look down to it, okay, so look at where they came from in the the group stages. Okay, they played Cork in the group stages of the championship, but they got win against Tipperary, which was enough to get them through. They beat Armagh, then they went up and played another step up in Cork. Now they're going up to the final sort of step in the ladder to play the the big dogs in Dublin. 
And that is the ultimate test, but it is exactly where they wanted to be or where they've been longing to be for the last God knows how long. So, you know, I, I think it's the acid test for me, but it's also the acid test for Dublin. And, uh, you know, it's the intermediate champions versus the senior champions from last year. It's, it, it really is the David versus Goliath, the fairy tale story, if you will. Um, and hopefully from a Mead perspective, it has that fairy tale ending. Dublin are known for their physicality, Davy Rispin. And, um, you know, the, 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 their SNC, uh, their highly rated SNC coach has been doing really well with them. Have you ever heard of a, an SNC coach uh, that isn't highly rated, by the way? But, um, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot of uh, bullshit, if you ask me. Um, you know, teams get fit, they have SNC coaches, that's just the way it is. But, uh, you know, like they are physical, we know that. Um, and Mead will have to play to their own strengths in this game. Yeah, yeah, and they, and they will. And I think it's very important that Mead focus on their own game and don't over-analyse Dublin because that's what they've done up to, up until this point. I remember just specifically um, Eamon Murray before the Armagh game when Amy Mackin was the prime topic of conversation and he didn't... Okay, to give her the attention and the respect that she completely merits, but they didn't over-focus on them. And I think that's so important because there's so much that Mead do well as well. And if Mead neglect that... And, and overemphasize or over sort of um, focus on, on Dublin, I think you lose so much of your own game and what makes you the team that you are. So I want to see me going out and doing what they've been doing. And okay, if it's good enough, it's good enough. And it's if it's not, it's not. But at the end of the day, this is Mead's first final. I think you said it's Dublin's eighth in a row and all. They've won yeah. the last five. So, it, you know, it is, it is a massive, massive task. But it's one that I'm sure, and I know, that aim and, and and every single one of those girls are relishing. Yeah, it really is. And, and look, we wish Eamon Murray and all the girls the very best luck. We will be doing a full preview of the TG Carroll Ireland Senior Football Final between Mead and Dublin on our Loyal Royals podcast this week. Uh, so do get over there. We have Emma Troy, Mary Caitlin, Shauna Ennis, Norla Duff, the vice captain, as well as the manager, uh, Eamon Murray. Interviews of all them, absolutely brilliant. Check it out. It's going to be a great podcast as well. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coyne & Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046-955-1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. Um, and then, just to let you know as well, in our um, Junior, Intermediate and Senior Round 2 Championship uh, reviews, we have uh, interviews with Barry Monaghan and John Rusty Tiernan after... Their teams played out a drawing part caution on the weekend. We have Michael McDermott and Tom Gavigan from Wolf Tones. We have Jack Condren, Jordy Morris and Anto Monaghan from the Nobber game. Shane McNiff and Frank O'Reilly as well as ben, Benny Reddy from the Karen Ross game. Con Cleary and Liam Ferguson from the Gail Colin Kilkells win. Um, Evan Dixon and Neil McLaughlin as well as Ellie Holt, Eddie Holton from Boards Mill. And, uh, of course, from Friday night, we also have Donald Lennon and Connor O'Donoghue from the Dunboyne game as well. Uh, Davey, a lot happening this week. We have a lot of Patreon podcasts going out. But look, we love it. 
<laughs> we do indeed, Mickey. And that's not to mention the team of the week, which is going to be the Blackwater Inn team of the week, player of the week and top score of the week, which we're going to have to start to do our homework for over the next 24 hours. But we're really looking forward to our second one of the year on that. Yeah, we're just going to make sure that uh, we get all of the the team scores from every club this week. Um, yeah, we, we again, we just want to mention uh, we missed Tommy Carey's 1-7 for Drumbara in their opening round defeat. Um, he scored 1-7 of their 1-13. We had spoken to a few people that were at the game and they all thought, oh, he probably scored 1-4 or 1-5. Um, but look, however, we, we got that sorted in the end. And um, yeah, we're going to make sure that we have all the top scores. So if anybody's listening out there from any of the clubs, any of the PROs, send us in your top scores from your club um, to, to see who it is that's going to be the top scorer of the week. And of course, the best performance of the week, we're going to have the player of the week and the team of the week coming later in the week. It is the Blackwater Inn Kells um, uh, team of the week, player of the week and score top scorer of the week. And again, as we always say, try to support our sponsors Without the sponsors, we can't bring these podcasts to you, but uh, or bring the t- team of the week, uh, etc., to you. So get over there into George and Patricia Plunkett in the Blackwater Inn anytime you can. If you're at a game in Gill in, in Kells, Kilmainham, or Drumbarra, don't be afraid to drop into Kells there and have a pint and uh, a chat with uh, Patricia and George. And of course, if you're looking to get your garden done, Davy Rispin, go to PR Coyne and Sons uh, in Clonard, and uh, while you're there. Try and find the Ballinabracky field. It took me about seven days to find it the last day. And then to try and get out of it, it took me another two weeks. I'm only home today. Um, but a uh, fabulous setup to have down there. They have the automores cutting the pitches. Pitches like a golf course, David Wilson. It's absolutely incredible. But we're going to move on now. And it is time to move on to the club lottos, David. Yeah, first up in the club lottos this week is from Dunsany. Um, the numbers drawn in last week's lotto were 9, 15, 22, and 28. They had two match three winners, or yeah, two match three winners. Um, Bonnie Smith and Colleen uh, and Keith Roberts from the UK, who share 150 euro between them. The next week's jackpot rolls on to seven and a half thousand. And then Shockland and Royal Gales results from the 23rd of August. The numbers drawn were 315, 17, and 26. There was no jackpot winner, but they had five match three winners who collect 40 quid each. Next draw is Monday. 30th of August at half eight live on Facebook, 13,000 euro of a jackpot, reserve of 13,000 euro, second reserve of 1,200 euro. You can play that one on Club Force. Uh, Ballonlock GFC, the numbers or the letters drawn, sorry, were D, O, W, and X. They had no jackpot winner. The next draw takes place on the 6th of September. They had five match three winners who all shared 100 euro between them, which is 20 euro each. John Jordan, Nicky Smith, Joe Farley, Margaret O'Reilly and Marie McEnroe. Uh, the next draw takes place in McCabe's. Uh, next up is Oldcastle GFC, €12,000 for jackpot next Wednesday on the Club Force app. You can play that one. Manalvi GFC, uh, jackpot currently capped at 10000 with the reserve increased to, to €6,700 on Monday night. You can play online at manalvigfc.ie or on the Club Force app. The numbers drawn were 3, 7, 23, and 26. Uh, there was three 20 euro winners last week who were Dennis Hoban, Katie Taylor, not the boxer, I assume, and uh, Shane Herity. And uh, next draw, as I said, Monday the 30th. Uh, Curaha GFC, 4,000 euro of a jackpot. Match three 
jackpot of 500 euro, which is very nice, by the way. Um, draw takes place every Monday night, curahaga.com forward slash draws for that one. And the final one I have on my radar, Mickey, is from Navano Mahoney's. The next draw takes place on the 31st of August at 9 p.m. There's an 8,450 euro jackpot on offer. Last week's results of the 8,300 euro jackpot, there was no winner. Um, but Connor Harkin and Kitty Tansy shared the true match three prize between them. The numbers drawn were 2, 22, 24, and 26. You can play that one on clubspot.app forward slash club forward slash Navinamahanese, GA forward slash lotto forward slash tickets. That's a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> I hope that's not a URL that you have to remember to click into. God almighty. It's the only way you can do that, Lotto, is by knowing that URL. Um, but uh, no, I won't uh, slag off Colin O'Brien today. I did get a message from him today. Um, we're both, I suppose, licking our wounds. As he said to me, a very bad day for the parish. Um, both Simonson and Matney's. And Bechtiv. And Bechtiv as well. Will, 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 are Bechtiv going into a relegation? Uh, potentially, yeah. Potentially as well. Yeah, it could be a very bad day for the parish altogether. Um, three teams of Navin going into um, relegation battles. But uh, yeah, uh, Colin, just to let you know, I'm, I'm thinking of you and I feel your pain. And I'm not going to fight with you today. Um, Davey, the one that I have is from Central Centre. I didn't get one from Jelly. Um, I'm worried about Jelly out there. Um, I suppose he's looking his wounds as well. But at least Colin O'Brien had the manners to send in the, the, the lotto. Um uh, Sagittarius GA next lotto draw takes place on uh, Monday evening. Uh, the jackpot is a massive 10,000 euro, and you can play it on the Smart Lotto app. Go to any of their social media pages, and you will find the uh, Sagittarius um, Lotto there. Um, the, the link to their lottos. Jamie, um, the Simonson lotto, I don't think it was one, I don't have it to hand, but um, uh, we'll, we'll get that in next week. Uh, we'll, we'll get on to Jenny and find out what the story is. Uh, time to move on now to do our Instagram interactive. Have we had much, Davy? You know, winning in All Ireland. Have, have the lads played ball at all? They have played ball. Yeah, absolutely, they have played ball. First up, uh, good to see Tom O'Connor in. I know he was enjoying the big win on Saturday as well. Um, he says, "Mead fans on the hill deserve praise. Be good to see them get at more games." Yeah, absolutely, and it would be great to see. Um, you know, the, the hill packed with Mead supporters. In the next couple of years, uh, maybe in an All-Ireland semi-final or final or something like that, it would be absolutely brilliant, David. Yeah, absolutely. The feud from Trim and Ballinabracky is reignited again, Mickey, with Ronan Thompson. He says, tell Alan Douglas I'll send him the Ballinabracky match report. <laughs> it's been a few weeks there since Ballinabracky were able to brag here now, so it is. Absolutely, but uh, yeah, they, they don't, they're like elephants, Mickey, they don't forget. And, oh, they uh, never forget. They never forget. Uh, Louis Collins, who was part of that Mead Minor uh, team as well, so congratulations to Louis and the lads. He just said, Sean Leonard never has to buy a pint again in his life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He'll be, uh, every puppy goes into in Mead, um, he'll be fine. Look, I thought those young lads at that age drank um, protein shakes, not pints. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know. Maybe up to last night they did, but I think in fairness to them, they were quite entitled to one or two last night in Absolutely. the back of those efforts. Um, next up is Adam McDonnell, and he just said Simon's Town with four laughing faces. Next, Shane Mangan, Simon's Town in relegation. Mickey was right talking them down. 
Next. <laughs> no, look. Uh, look, to talk about the Simonson game um, briefly, you know, missing an awful lot of players at the minute. A lot of their key players are injured. Excuses. And there's, but I said this last week. I said, don't be surprised. I says, I'm really worried about this game against Wolf Tones. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, next. Here you go. I dealt with it. Okay. An old reliable to take uh, your mind off it or to completely change the subject from GE altogether is Jack Walsh. And he said Rovers crashing out of Europe Thursday night against Tallinn. Yeah, look, if we're going to talk about soccer this week, it's Viva Ronaldo. Viva Ronaldo. He's coming home, boys. He's coming home. So that's the only soccer we're talking about. There was so so amount of Man United fans deleting their tweets, wasn't there, on Friday morning (laughs) from Thursday? (laughs) (laughs) Delete, 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 delete. Um, Balnebracki GA are in themselves. They said Brax, Connor Ennis for Mead Miners, outstanding. Absolutely brilliant. He really was. Um, he was just so brilliant at transitioning the ball up the field, taking on the the, the, the mantle of carrying it out of defence and being a link player. Yeah, absolutely brilliant by Connor. Cormac O'Reilly um, said Connor Ennis, man of the match. Yeah, I thought so as well. Now, I thought Liam Kelly at fullback was excellent. Um, he gave a couple of balls away in the second half, though, but I just thought that Connor Ennis, Connor Ennis was was so good from start to finish. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Brendan Keg next in, and he said, Tyrone players with bloody noses reminded me of the 96 semi-final in brackets, a lot of blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, and it wasn't from dirt, it was dirt, it was from pure hardness, so it was. I, I remember their midfielder putting his hands out at one stage looking for a free, but he had actually turned his head into one of the mead players as the mead player was running by him. And it looked like his his back or something caught your man's nose. And he looked at the referee as if to say, is that not a free? And I was like, oh, nah, come on, it's up here with you. Robert Perfield said, shades of Desi Dolan in 2003 at the end yesterday. Can't wait to see these lads progress to the under 20s and senior. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, that, that, that is, that is, you know, they're, they're, they've created such a great excitement. Um, and we want to see, we want to watch the next part of their development. For sure. Um, PS Tapes is in and he says, anyone else notice how excited Davey was in his pick after the minor win? <laughs> <laughs> have you uh, uh, have you looked at that picture, Davey? Oh, God. I, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I only realised what he was saying there. But, uh, <laughs> I was actually very relaxed. <laughs> Jesus. If anybody hasn't seen the picture, get on now before he deletes it. Um, and uh, Why would you delete check, it? <laughs> just, just check and see how excited he is um, <laughs> around the short area. But if you can't be excited <laughs> after that, Mickey, when, like... <laughs> oh, God, brilliant. <laughs> um, oh, Deck F. Dunn said, great win in the minors. Delighted to have been there, plus fans on the hill. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely brilliant and, and uh, great that uh, Crow Park opened it up. You know, they usually only open up uh, the Hill 16 these days for the dubs. Yeah. But uh, the Royals are back, baby. The Royals are back. Um, Ronan Con Heady said, Tomás Corbett and Liam Kelly deserve more praise from Mark and Tyrone's key men. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, and you look at what, uh, what their forward line have done in, in, in throughout the championship, you know, the closest anybody got to them was six points. I think it was Donegal in that Ulster, six or seven points in the Ulster final. So, 
you know, for the meat backs to do what they did, the future is bright for, for, for meat defensive setups. Alan Mack said it should have been Mary Duff version of Beautiful Mead played in Crow Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only version, isn't it, really? It's the only version, yeah, it really is. Carl Gibney said the North Mead choir boys have taken to the hill. <laughs> Voice of Ireland winners in the making. <laughs> <laughs> the North Mead choir boys, we knew. We named them that last week. Absolutely brilliant, yeah. And uh, singing their little hearts out again to the world, man. I, uh, I actually met them uh, coming into the hill, on the, walking around the back of the canal, actually, on the way around. I think they were doing laps at Crow Park before the game. They were doing a little a cappella number outside, were they? Oh, they were, they were, in, <laughs> boi- the they were in boisterous form, Mickey, let me tell you. Uh, they were in fine voice and they were absolutely brilliant throughout the game. Um lovely blend of clubs as well from the North Mead area too. So and some of the injured players from St. Bridges and that took the opportunity to enjoy their day out having a certain down weekend as well, which uh, was great to see too. But yeah. Um Adam McDonald in again, he said own friends antics in Navan last night. Oh, do tell. I, I don't know. Um I know he, he joined in the celebrations with a couple of his past teammates, of course. Like you have to remember Sean Emmanuel, um Liam Kelly. Mossy Corbett, Jack Kinlock, like they were all on his team, what, for maybe a month or six weeks ago. So he was in yeah. there obviously celebrating with them. But I, I don't know, to be honest with you. Jumping on the bandwagon a little bit, was he? Ah, potentially, yeah. I suppose they did something that he just couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> JV Risman doesn't hold back. Um, <laughs> De- oh, sorry, um, Dennis Lynch is next in and he says, Miner's not allowed to bring the cup home. Yeah, so what? Um, that's that's been the way with all trophies for the last while. Um, it's to try and stop the spread of COVID and lads drinking out of a cup and spreading them and all that. Like, yeah, they don't need the cup. Um, they know that they're all Ireland champions, and we know that they're all Ireland champions. And soon enough, they'll get the cup to bring home and and, and keep with all their families and whatever. Like, so do you do you have an opinion on that? Do you think? Yeah, I, I understand why they do it. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I, it would be great for them to bring it to bring it home. And absolutely, it's an All Ireland. I think any cup is very special to win. I, I understand the, the reasoning behind it. Unfortunately, too. Um, I just think it's the whole COVID thing is it, it. It is really disappointing that we couldn't celebrate properly. You know, like we would in any other time with with. All Ireland winners like they don't come around too often. In fact, they come around once in every thirty years if you're looking at it in a minor capacity. <laughs> but it is what it is, and we have to just respect the guidelines, and, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Look, we'll get our time with the cup. Don't you worry. And if if if, if the show that they put on uh, on Sunday is anything to go by, or on Saturday is anything to go by, we'll be lifting plenty more cups. Don't you worry. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, Connor Harford said Dawson Devoy and Bose on top. Davey, your opinion on that? Yeah, well, I don't like this League of Ireland uh, talk that's kind of creeping in. And Jack Walsh is at fault for it, by the way. You know, it, this is, it was oftentimes it was a bit of a joke and a laugh when it was just him doing it. Now, when you have other lads latching onto it, I don't like it. Oh, look, it's all right. We, 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 look, I've got a soccer background as well. I like the little bit of uh, uh, banter thrown in about soccer, but look, it won't take over. It's all right. Mm. Yeah. Um, Extra Time Sports said Blackhall Gales seven championship wins in a row across their three adult football teams. That's some going. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, fa- absolutely fantastic. Considering the low ebb that they were at a couple of years ago, you know, I suppose they couldn't go any further and they've really bounced back. 
absolutely brilliant the work that's going on over there. For sure. Um, Sean McDonagh said a special mention uh, for the Mead Camogie team. Hard luck in the semi-final versus Kilkenny. Yeah, we gave them a huge shout-out earlier on. They, they, they've given us so much joy as well this year. Dave Rissman has gone to see them numerous times. And, you know, they are. They're absolutely brilliant. And we, we just hope that, you know, they get the likes of uh, Moira Kirby. They get more Moira Kirby's coming into this team in the next year or two. And that'll spur them on and get them over the line. Absolutely brilliant. They've been sensational. Adam Daly said, how the boys from Oldcastle took over the hill with the boys from Laytown slash St. Column Kills. Great to see Mead clubs coming together in Christian harmony. Absolutely. And, 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 and you know, that geez, it must be a, a seven-hour journey from, from East Mead, St. Column Kills, Laytown to get across to Oldcastle, over the mountain into Oldcastle. That's some trek. Um, and uh, I, wonder, I wonder how they spoke to each other. Sign language. <laughs> Sign language, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It would yeah, yeah. be a massive, massive uh, uh, difference in, in the dialect between those two areas. Yeah, there would. <laughs> uh, Jamie Hunt just said to leak for the intermediate. Just look, they're, they're definitely one of the front, front runners. We'd have them down as one of the front runners, definitely. But there's there's a lot of football to be played in that intermediate championship. Very much so. Uh, Ryan Halpin said scraps on the hill. Ooh. Was that between the Oldcastle and uh, Leighton lads? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. No, definitely not. Uh, mean people don't fight amongst themselves. Come on. Oh, uh, there was... I was in the Hogan stand and I was beside a couple of Beliver slash Kildaki fellas who were... Let's say they were up for it, right? And there was a couple of Tyrone lads behind us. I was sort of sitting beside them and they were just behind in, in the row behind. And there was definitely a few verbals. You don't sort of mess with Tyrone, but they are quite... Um, intimidating figures at, at football matches. I think it's you mentioned '96 already. I was at that '96 game with my mother, who was in her 60s at the time, and we were coming out of Crow Park. And obviously, Tyrone were not happy. Um, it's the only time I've ever been afraid at a Gaelic football match, leaving the, the, the stadium. And my mother, who was in her 60s, was threatened on numerous occasions coming out. Jesus, yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. So, I, I, I know, I know what, what you're on about. Um, the final one here I think is from Adam Chute and he said St Vincent's 10 wins out of 10 this year yeah absolutely phenomenal they're on some run um, yeah Vincent's are, are a team that can't be looked past either and you know they've been beaten uh, in two junior finals in a row um, so the likes of your old castles and your Dunsanies and uh, even even the likes of uh, uh, well, I said Castleton already, and um, this the likes of St Dalton's and whatever, who who may be going through to knockout stages. But they all they all need to uh, to give St Vincent's their their full respect. Yeah, they do. They do. They have a big one coming next against uh, Castleton in the final round of the group, and I think we might know a little bit more after, about them after that. Um, but they, they are going to be a, a tough nut to crack in the junior this year. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, and Castleton could be under a bit of pressure as well, Davey Rispin, uh, going into that game if Cortown are to beat them in that refix game. And um, uh, that would really put the Catamounts pigeons in that group. Um, is that everything from our Instagram then, Davey? Shinee. Shinee. Well, look, it's uh, as you said, we've got so much going on in our Lion Royals podcast this week. But in an absolutely... Monumental, huge week for me, GAA. It's just been the most incredible uh, weekend 
our Mead Miners winning the All-Ireland final. Well done to Carlo Brick and all of the players. Absolutely incredible. And we have another All-Ireland final to look forward to next weekend when Mead take on Dublin in that TG Car All-Ireland Senior Ladies final. It's absolutely brilliant. Where else would you want to be at the moment, Davey, but in the Royal? It's just, like, it's just, it's just class. It's absolutely brilliant. It's fantastic and it's fairy tale stuff. And we have to enjoy these days, I think, or these weekends when they come, because as we celebrate, they don't come around too often. We'll enjoy next weekend. And this is all happening in the middle of the club championship, which is our busiest time of the year traditionally as well. But it's, it's all good. Yeah, it really is. And uh, we just can't wait to see how the ladies get on next weekend. It's just absolutely brilliant. And so that's it from this episode of your We Are Me podcast. Remember, We Are Me, why it really does matter more.